When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with High Speed Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new High Speed Stuff blog now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is High Speed Stuff with Ben and the go-to guy for all things automotive at HowStuffWorks, Scott Benjamin. Scott, what's going on today? How you feel? I feel all right, Ben. Thank you. Well, I have, a, I have a question for you. I hope you're feeling in your uh, question-answering prime. Of course I am. I'm always ready. Awesome. Okay, well, let's knock this one out of the park. We talked a little bit before about mile per gallon. We, we've spoken with each other about alternative fuels, mm-hmm. uh, electric vehicles, uh, stuff of that nature. And that's when you introduced a, a very interesting concept called hypermiling. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was wondering if you could elaborate, what exactly is hypermiling? Well, I didn't introduce it, but uh, I think we mentioned it. Yeah, if I, <laughs> I don't take full credit for that, of course. That's been around for a while, but hypermiling is, is it's really interesting. And it plays a lot into uh, some of the things we've been talking about. Like you mentioned, uh, weight is one, one big factor that mm-hmm. comes into this. And we'll talk about all this as, as we get into it here. But hypermiling is really just squeezing every last ounce of energy out of that, uh, that gallon of fuel that you can. It's uh, it's maximizing your car's potential to uh, to achieve you know these seemingly unreachable miles per gallon numbers. Uh, I see where you're I see where you're going here. Yeah. I think so. It's uh, more like an umbrella term for a, an overall strategy, right? Yeah, it's strategy. It's definitely strategy. It's how you drive your vehicle in order to uh, increase your miles per gallon. And there's a lot of things you can do to increase the miles per gallon in your car. And there's some success stories. You know, you can find people that. Um, you know, their the vehicles just far exceed what the EPA rating for that vehicle would be. Uh, you know, you purchase a vehicle brand new and it says it mm. gets 25 miles per gallon. Let's make up a number. Sure. You find a way to make that car get not 25, but maybe, you know, 37 or maybe 50 miles per gallon. 50, huh? do- well, doubling it's a little bit steep, but, you know, back it down a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying well, to extend that mileage. Well, maybe we could go through then uh, the the basics uh the basic things people do to their actual vehicle Mm -hmm. to make this happen like i i get the sense from what we're talking about with weight that it kind of calls back to 
the technique used in racing vehicle design, mm-hmm. right, where you, you try to uh, take out the passenger seat because you mm-hmm. don't need that and get rid of extra heavier interior. Sure. Elements? Yeah, I mean, that's one part of it. You can, okay. um, you can make your vehicle lighter. Okay. Um, so you can remove what you don't need. It's, you know, just getting rid of, you know, the toolbox that sits in the trunk if you don't need it. That's that's kind of a dangerous one to remove, I've found. But, um, you know, you may not – hypermilers will take out the spare tire in the back and the jack because they don't want uh, that extra weight. And that's a little bit dangerous to head on the road without a spare tire and a jack. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you, if you're one to carry a toolbox with you at all times, you know that the day that you take it out of the trunk is the day you're going to break down and need that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know Murphy's Law type thing. But. Yeah, I think that's in the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you know, a lot of people do just take out um, anything that's kind of hanging around in the back there that they don't need. I mean, you're carrying around a surfboard in the back of the car. You don't need that. Or, right, you know, right. That's extreme, but yeah. you know, you're carrying around um, I don't know ski boots or whatever it is. Just any weight reduction that you can make in that vehicle that, that helps. Like my um, portable yurt, probably is way in doubt. Yeah, portable yurt. Um, you know what? I definitely don't judge <laughs> my partner in podcasting. Yeah, okay, well, no, I won't judge you either. Uh, if you carry a yurt, that's great. Okay, well, well, let's any, any, yeah. yurt, yurts aside. Um, <laughs> I I guess one one thing that I've always heard a lot about is uh, I remember on road trips. You know, if if my folks were about to run out of gas, they would say, oh, "Turn off the air conditioning." Mm-hmm. We're just we're going to make it to the next rest stop. Come hell or high water. Sure. Does that affect it? It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, accessories drain your vehicle of miles per gallon. Really. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, even even lights, using your headlights will drain your your vehicle. Um. Of course, air conditioning takes away power as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're using energy to run that compressor. So yeah, of course that, that happens. But keeping your windows rolled up is another thing. Um, you know, if you're if you're to drive around, that's one of the techniques we'll we'll mention here in our kind of we've got a laundry list of hypermiler techniques and tricks. Oh yeah. All and right. um, one of the things that we'll get to is um, you know, AC. And AC. actually you have to run the AC or actually no AC I should say uh-huh. and the windows up because uh, you're getting you know resistance if you have the windows oh, down. Oh reducing but, drag. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm intrigued by this laundry list, Scott. Oh, sure. Yeah. Is, uh, is it something that we can jump into? Yeah, sure. We can, uh, we'll just go down it kind of quick. And if you, you know, feel you need to say something about, uh, whatever I bring up here, we'll, uh, yeah, uh, jump in. Please Plus do. Hypermile. Please do. All right. So, um, main thing. Now, this is just compiled from lists that I found kind of here and there everywhere. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a mix. Um, no particular order. And some of them are very dangerous. Uh, okay. So you have to know that up front that, you know, these aren't recommended by any means. Some of them are really dangerous. Others, you know, just make common sense. You know, they just make good sense. Okay. So that sounds that sounds like a disclaimer oh, yeah, for sure. our listeners. <laughs> Be <laughs> yes, aware sir. that we are not necessarily recommending these things. This is for information. Oh, sure. Purposes, you make it, make right? it sound very official. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So the first thing we need to say is uh, drive the speed limit or slower. That's, yeah. That's number one. Yeah. Huh. I've read that, uh, you know, every five miles per hour over 55 you lose about 10% in your fuel economy. 10%? Yeah, that's wind resistance, rolling resistance, all kinds of extra resistance that you, um, I guess, achieve or, yeah. or, or as a result of you going that much faster through the air. So let's say you're going 70, um, you know, that's, what, 15, <laughs> quick math, <laughs> 15, 15 miles over 55, and, and so you're reducing 10%, you're losing like 30% of your fuel economy just yeah, by going steep. 70 versus... 55 and that continues on up i think it probably even gets 
steeper after that point. Well, that's pretty tough news, man. Yeah, it really I, is. I know you like speed. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, 70 <laughs> is not all that fast, really. I mean, when, you, when you're when you on the highway, you're going 70, 80 mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. regularly. So slow it down to 55 or even lower okay. is what they recommend. But again, like I said, some of these are dangerous. If you're yeah. on the highway going 55 and everybody else is going 75, that's, sure. da- that's dangerous. They could be dangerous, yeah. yeah. Next thing, um, don't use your brakes. Well, when <laughs> see now your pause see that uh, yeah yeah that, that tells me a lot yeah don't that's what I kind of did as well don't use your brakes come on don't you use... have to but um, look ahead plan try not to use your brakes coast when you can you know d- avoid speeding up slowing down speeding up slowing down that's of course you know okay. waste waste fuel to a point I mean you know speeding up to highway speeds and then nearly stopping then speeding up again and stopping mm-hmm. uh, there's a difference we're going to talk about another. Uh, practice later that uh, kind of involves speeding up and slowing down, but it's done in a different way. Well, how, okay, I have to stop you on this mm-hmm. one. H- how do people who vow not to use their brakes, because I get the feeling hypermilers are maybe not fanatical, but very focused. Now, yeah. N- nearly fanatical. They're yeah. dedicated. Yeah, they're dedicated. So yes, h- how would how would we as hypermilers handle things that are legally hard stops, like stop signs or traffic lights? That's kind of a gray area for some people. They, they may, and this is, again, not recommended, but, mm. I mean, if you come to a stop sign in a neighborhood, a lot of them will say, you know, I'm going to look around before I get there, and they're, they're very aware of, mm-hmm. of the surroundings, and if they can, they'll just slow down and maybe roll through that stop sign. Not all, but some. Uh, not all, but some, of course, yeah, and that's maybe not the best way to handle that, but uh, it's good for the fuel economy. Man, okay. So yeah, so, I mean, yeah. and they try to. They also try to take a route that avoids those stop signs and stoplights, so that's another thing that you can do to kind of uh, avoid uh. using brakes. And if you're in a, a stop-and-go situation, like I drive home on the highway every night, mm. you know, invariably I'll end up stopping on the highway. You have to, you know, stop and go traffic, right. and you move eight feet and stop. If you were to leave a little bit of a gap between you and the next car, and you were able to keep your car rolling and not touch the brakes, but very slowly, just kind of idling forward, mm-hmm. and continue that motion all the way through, you're going to be saving fuel because you're not, um, you know, stopping, accelerating, stopping, accelerating. That sounds a lot less crazy than running stoplights. Oh yeah, yeah. So. No, I um, again, that's just extreme examples. And, sure, you know, that's how you stretch the miles i guess and we can we can get to the the dark side of hypermiling later but yeah what, that's right and, what's and next? you know some okay. one more thing with the brakes some yeah. some even uh refuse to touch brakes during turns uh turns so you know they're not um maybe taking a turn a little faster than they should or yeah um yeah it's it can be a little are dangerous. you serious i mean sure. that's that's not as bad in in a you know a honda or something as it would be in a 16 wheeler Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah, they don't right. have many hypermilers. Probably not. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say for sure, but um, yeah. you know, that's again, that's kind of planning and, and this forethought that you know, I'm going to have a turn up here. I'm going to just, I'm going to let off the gas. I'm going to coast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to a reasonable speed and go through this turn without braking because you're just wasting energy when you brake. I see. I see. All right, so brake. We'll move on past braking. All right. Uh, and the next thing is uh, just coast whenever possible. We talked about that already, but yeah. there's this extra little element to this that some do. Some hypermilers will go so far as to turn the engine off and coast. When? So there's really yeah on on the road. Um, so let's say you get up to speed, you're coasting. You know, you put it in neutral, and they'll shut the engine off. And that way, they're they're using no fuel to coast whatever distance. You know, if you're in a mountain situation or whatever, mm-hmm. this is really dangerous because. Your brakes aren't as effective, steering not yeah. as effective, or potential. It depends on what type of car you have and what position you've locked your, uh, your, your turn your key yeah, off into. Yeah. The steering could lock up on you. Uh, so, again, very dangerous but and not recommended. Not recommended. Not recommended. No. Okay. No. Um, 
Okay, avoid hills. You know, you don't want to go um, uphill okay. as yeah. often as possible. You want to stay on a flat, or <laughs> you can only go downhill one way, I guess. So if you're coming <laughs> back, you know, you have to go uphill. But yeah. uh, if you can you just maintain the, the, the shortest, flattest route, I guess, is what they try to do. I see, and that goes um, back into the planning, huh? Yeah, that's right. Planning. They, they're consistent planners. They plan ahead. They plan everything they're doing, it seems. It pays off. Uh, the next item, it would be, um, <laughs> there's another dangerous one, overinflate your tires. Overinflate. Overinflate, yeah. Overinflate. It's less rolling, rolling resistance. Uh-huh. Uh, the danger is that you have a little less traction, um, and they wear out sooner than they would if they were uh, properly inflated. Oh, I see. So it's definitely a cost-benefit calculation there. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, the, the rolling resistance thing is big. That's so, um, you know, you want to be able to coast as far as you yeah. can. And, and soft, squishy tires, you can imagine, wouldn't be as sure. effective at that as, you know, as harder tires. You know, Scott, I can imagine that because it makes sense to me logically you know that underinflated tires mm-hmm. decrease gas mileage right mm-hmm. that's right and you can feel when your tires are underinflated that you know you just don't roll as far i mean if you let off the gas and you're coasting towards a light your car will seem to be a little more sluggish it'll slow mm-hmm. down a little faster mm-hmm. than it does if, if your tires are fully inflated you know properly inflated or even slightly overinflated, which we're talking about here yeah that's a good point man yeah 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 all right works okay. but again dangerous Yee. don't recommend it okay not uh, right. <laughs> yeah that's right next uh let's see uh, some of the other things that they talked about is uh, using thinner oil in the engine uh, so that, you know, the in- engine internals. Uh, this, again, this goes deep. I mean, they really think about this. Yeah. Thinner thinner engine oil means that, you know, your engine is, I guess it's using less um, energy to power itself. It has less uh, resistance to, to go through. It's, it's a um, thinner mix, I guess. Hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a cold climate and tried to pour motor oil into an, an engine. It's yeah. like syrup. It really is. It, it, yeah. can, it becomes very, very thick. It's just like maple syrup mm-hmm. or even thicker. Um, you know, you can imagine that a thinner oil would be a benefit in this situation. Okay. And, and, you know, synthetic oils, that helps as well. And that can apply to transmission, engine, you know, anywhere that you have fluids in your car. Use a, uh-huh. use a thinner thinner mixture, I guess. And, of course, you know, you have to stay within manufacturers' recommended, you know, viscosities and things so that, you know, it's safe. But yeah. um, that makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> Here's a funny one. All right. If you can avoid it, don't drive on a windy day. I know that sounds ridiculous. That's, and, you know, you yeah. just, it, it really is, but but it makes sense. I mean, it, it goes right back to wind resistance. And if you're already starting out on your journey with a 40-mile-an-hour headwind, um, then when you're traveling 45 miles per hour, you've got an 85-mile-an-hour headwind. So uh, it, it makes sense. It really does if you think about it that way. Now, yeah, not very okay. practical. You can't, you can't, you know, call into work sick because of wind. But I've never tried that. No, one. <laughs> maybe give it a shot. Maybe you'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, watch out. My boss listens to these. So. <laughs> we already talked about avoiding stoplights and stop signs. That's yeah, pretty yeah. obvious. Here's one that I didn't think of really: is you ride on the ridge of the road. You ride so that you know the the um, the tires are are not in the same place that everybody else's tires are in a lane of traffic. Mm-hmm. So you're more towards the lines on either side, either left or right, suggested right, I would guess, yeah. so that you're not in oncoming traffic. But if you look at a road, you kind of notice how a, a pattern is worn into it. After a certain amount of time, it's not always flat. Sure. There'll be a crown in the middle and kind of two grooves on either side where most vehicles' wheels you know, travel. Yeah, okay. Imagine that on a rainy day, and you've probably seen it. You can see kind of channels of water. That's 
a lot of resistance on on your tires um, as you're rolling forward. Uh, so let's say on a rainy day, yeah. you want to be outside of that channel. You don't want to be fighting the water that's pooled up in that area. You know, it's mm-hmm. slower to drive through a puddle, right? Right. Um, than it is ground that has very little water on it or or no water on it. So um, and it just makes a lot of sense. But yeah. I, it's one I hadn't really thought of. You know, that you're straddling one of the grooves. And you're kind of on on top of the road. If you is that the right way to say that? Yeah, yeah. You're on yeah. top of the crown of the road. Sure. It's yeah. like uh, I don't know. That's a good point. I never yeah. I never thought about. Yeah, that. it's interesting. I just yeah. I've only got a few more, so I won't bore you too much longer. No, this, year, this but, is uh, this is my thing. Okay, we talked about no AC windows up, so yeah, you know, low resistance, and mm-hmm. of course less accessories running. That's that's always important. Maintenance, proper vehicle maintenance is big because you know you're running around with low low oil or um, you know dirty oil. Uh, that goes for transmission. Oh, another thing, tire maintenance. We talked about that already, yeah, but yeah. make sure your tires are balanced and you know in, in good shape. That's important. Okay. Um, balancing is important because then you know you, again less resistance. They roll properly. Mm-hmm. Very important. We talked about excess weight. Just get rid of anything that you don't need in the car. Yeah. Let's see the other. I got three or four more here. One would be something called pulse and glide. And we talked about this already. Pulse and glide is a it's a technique. Okay. Um, you're on the highway. All right. This is this one is kind of dangerous for other drivers, and dangerous for you too. But um, other drivers, if they don't know what you're doing, this could be a problem. You you get up to speed, mm-hmm. put it in neutral, coast down to a predetermined speed, whatever you decide that speed it would be, and and put it back in gear, pulse it back up to whatever you're going to go to, uh, you know, the maximum speed on the highway, and then and then let it coast back down. So you're you're in this continual cycle mm-hmm. of acceleration. Mm-hmm. coasting acceleration coasting and uh, you'll find that i guess that really does work it really maximizes efficiency yeah but that's unreliable especially in crowded or in, you know jammed with traffic oh yeah yeah situations. for sure but it it does help uh i guess mileage is a sure big difference uh, drafting is another one that's dangerous okay uh, drafting's What's a big one i remember my dad a long time ago um you know 1970s we're in these boxy cars they get terrible mileage and we'd, we're on the highway drafting behind trucks not and again not recommended dangerous but we wouldn't get as close as what you probably need to be to, to really see an increase but you can feel that kind of that that uh, that low pressure i guess pulling you along behind the truck when you get behind one if you're too close mm-hmm. uh, again dangerous well let's let's break down drafting in case somebody mm-hmm. uh is not familiar with it mm-hmm. drafting uh, if i'm correct on this is is the process of uh or the strategy rather of pulling your vehicle close behind uh, a vehicle, oftentimes a larger vehicle like mm-hmm. a truck, yeah. and counting on the difference in wind pressure there. I guess as as the truck slices through the air, it leaves almost a wake. Sure, it's right? it's breaking the wind resistance for you. You're in you're in a low pressure area, and mm-hmm. you're you're almost pulled along behind that vehicle. Really, um, not entirely, but uh, you mm-hmm. have you don't have all of that resistance against the front of your vehicle that you normally would have. I see. Um, so yeah, it's dangerous, but um, you know different different lengths of drafting, you know, different different distances from that vehicle um, produce different results. I see. Yeah, so it you know, depends on what you're up for. But yeah. uh, And again, not advocating <laughs> no. tailgating. No, no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Of course, no idling. No that's, idling. That's a big one. No Never. idling. Nope, don't, uh, you know, warming up the car is something, but, um, you know, if you're sitting at a stoplight, a lot of hypermilers will turn the vehicle off just so they don't have to idle because idling is essentially zero miles per gallon. Uh, you're, yep. you're using fuel. You're not going anywhere. Um, so idling is kind of one of these things that, that they're targeting you know, as, as, as a tremendous fuel-sucking 
mm-hmm. um, area. And a lot of cars, I've, I've read recently about a lot of vehicles that are coming out with idle stop engines or idle stop features, I should say. They just stop automatically? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, hybrid vehicles and, um, I shouldn't say hybrid, fully electric. Yeah, hybrid. Hybrid okay. vehicles. Okay. Idle stop features where the engine shuts off at idle speed. It's, uh, it's again, big yeah. money savings because you, you think about how often you're sitting stopped idling and that's 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 actually quite often Mm -hmm. and the last one i want to mention here yeah thankfully right no no this is is uh (laughs) um hypermilers hate to use reverse reverse gear why because you're using a a certain amount of fuel to go i guess in the same the same direction you came from i don't know if that's the right way to say that or not let me me think about this that's a better way to say it if you pull into a parking spot and you have to back out of that parking spot you're using twice the amount of fuel that you need to to really use to go the same distance. Oh, I Is it? Yeah, yeah I that makes right. sense because what you're talking about got some uh, hypermiling slang and terminology here. Yeah. They call it potential parking. Oh, so okay. it goes the planning. You want to uh, find a parking space that allows you ideally to coast forward down a hill <laughs> to the road that's yeah. <laughs> you always want to park at the top of the hill facing forward that makes sense and um then you know they've got a couple of i think they've got a, a couple other terms i picked up here um we already said ridge riding right yeah that's right um there's this other one you want to avoid you know cars tend to travel in packs mm-hmm. in in the interstate or on the interstate rather. sure and so one thing that hypermilers definitely try to avoid is what they would call a pack or a wolf pack, which is um, cars that are going too fast, you know, people getting into the uh, nose-to-nose, neck-and-neck kind of racing each other, mm-hmm. which happens a sure, lot. Sure, they push each other a little bit. It's a little com- it becomes competitive. It becomes a little competitive, sure. yeah. And uh, so that's that's what they try to, try to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of information about hypermiling on, on the web. We already went over some of the, uh, I guess we could call it the dark side of hypermiling. <laughs> yeah, right? that's right. The coasters, the drafters. Sure. Um, there's uh, another another side of that, too, that people try to adhere to conscientious hypermilers mm-hmm. don't condone the illegal tricks, most of which are illegal because, you know, the possibility of being in an accident yeah. great, greatly outweighs the benefit. Of course, of yeah. course. You don't want to. You don't want to promote something that would be dangerous to others. Of course. Right. I could. And, I could see that. Yeah. Now, I mean, in comp- they have competitions. You know, to see who can go the farthest on one gallon of fuel, or, or oh, who can go the they? farthest on, um, you know, one tank of fuel. Okay. And uh, they're pretty intense competitions. You know, people get very, very serious about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've read several of these accounts, and they're they're pretty interesting. They're intriguing to read. Um, you'll be surprised by the mileage numbers that you hear because I and I've got examples of a mm-hmm. 2009 Toyota Corolla XRS that has an, an EPA rating of 25 miles per gallon. Okay. Okay. So 25. And so you you buy it at the dealership. Yeah. They say this car gets 25 miles per gallon. You say, well, that's great. Okay. Someone a hypermiler. Wait, drum roll. Yeah, How much hyper- did you get? <laughs> 62.7 miles per gallon over a distance of over 550 miles. Man. So that's a long highway trip, you know, from, you know, where probably all highway driving, of course. But, um, you know, that's that's a significant increase. It's nearly three times the yeah. EPA rating. Um, now, Honda Insight owners, now, <laughs> I guess among hypermilers in Honda Insight vehicles, which are hybrid vehicles, mm-hmm. no longer in production, I guess 100 miles plus per gallon is not that uncommon. Um, the story that I was reading, uh, the gentleman that was being interviewed, I guess he he um, 
he arrived for the interview and said that his mileage to get to the interview was horrible. It was 88 miles per gallon or something like that. He said it just wasn't, he just wasn't on that day or something, you know, whatever he, his techniques weren't right or whatever. I'm not sure what the, what the story was, but you know, that, that's a car that's rated at 60, which is great to begin with. Sure. But can you imagine stretching that to over 100, just, you know, based on how you drive, just in your techniques, if you're, if you're, you know, consciously thinking about hypermyelin and you, and you do this, you know, consistently through a tank of fuel, you'll notice an, an increase. Yeah. And you have to think ahead. Yeah, that's right. Um, and there's, I mean, there, there, there's a couple. There's, I, I get media updates from Volkswagen. Okay. Um, just member of their site there, and there's a couple that's, uh, they claim to be the most fuel efficient, uh, most fuel efficient couple in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, they're Guinness World Record holders, and their name are, names are John and Helen Taylor. Okay. And they drove across our country here on the, on. In a Volkswagen, new new TDI Volkswagen Jetta, All right. and it's a clean diesel vehicle. They averaged fifty nine miles per gallon when they traveled across the U.S. That's Man, pretty. I mean, that's we're talking good. like we're talking how much, how far is it? Three thousand miles? What is yeah. it? Something like that. It's incredible. Yeah, very good. They they hold records all around the world, by the way. This couple, they're for pros. Hyper, yeah, they are. They're ex, yeah, extremely experienced in this. Yeah, I guess I only have one more thing to really add here to this. I mean. You, probably enough of me talking today. No, but, no, you're um, awesome. There's new technology, okay. and this is kind of hypermile related, hypermiler related, I All guess. All right. And this is, I found this really interesting. I guess now these are concept vehicles right now, I believe, uh, but there's some new hybrid vehicles that are on their way uh, from Honda and Ford, mm -hmm. and they kind of encourage hypermiling or hypermile techniques or driving through the use of icons on the dashboard. So the driver can watch, um, and, and they... In this article, they called it kind of a video game effect, you know, uh -huh. that, that you're constantly challenging yourself to to increase your mileage. And I think that the way that the Honda does it is through a tree icon, and the <laughs> Ford is going to use something like a vine, um, or that, that was the report anyways. That, mm -hmm. And these the, the tree becomes, I think it becomes more lush, and so does the... the uh, you know, more green. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. Uh, and I the see. vine becomes more lush as well, you know, larger and, and yeah. you know, more foliage, I guess. Um, but so you kind of adjust your driving to make that happen. So, you know, you either back off on the, the accelerator a little bit mm -hmm. or, you know, you try not to use your brakes and maybe, it, you know, the, the vine grows a little bit or the tree grows a little bit. Yeah. So it's an interesting way that's to do smart. that. Yeah, it really smart, is, man. yeah. And it, it may it may promote this. It may, may get people to really think about it in a different way. Well, Scott, before we close, I, I've got to ask you, um, in your professional opinion, as as speaking as the expert, do you think hypermiling is a good idea when it's legit? When it's legit, I really do. I think, uh, you know, why not? You can save money on a tank of fuel or you can, uh, you know, make a difference in any way. Uh -huh. I, I say go for it. Thanks so much, Scott. As for our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about hypermiling or anything auto-related, please drop by the auto channel on HowStuffWorks.com. And if you'd like to give us any questions or comments, feel free to write to Scott and I at HighSpeedStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how three 20-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.